Hello, friend, and thank you for joining us on AfterBuzz TV's Mr. Robot After Show. This is Season 2, Episode 6. It is a very special episode, so we're going to jump right into it. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, AfterBuzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin! Hello and welcome to AfterBuzz TV. I'm your host Steve Kaufman. You can find me on Twitter at Steve Kaufman. That is K-A-U-F-M-A-N-N. And my name is Taylor Bolt. You can also find me on Twitter at Table. That's T-A-Y-B-O-L-D-T. Hey guys, you can follow me on AOL at I am the one at AOL.com. Let's I I am chat. Okay, we're done. That's All right. great. That's great. I like thank that. Thank you, though. everyone, for indulging, Matt. Um, <laughs> Sorry. Right. Th- thank you for joining us here after Buzz TV. We're mm-hmm. going to talk about Mr. Robot. Very special episode of Mr. Robot. Because was this ever? was the sitcom episode of Mr. Robot. Yeah. I loved it. I, I love this so I would much. watch the sitcom version of this show as a standalone. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Here's the th- and the funny thing is... I feel we're like in a minority, or it's like a fifty-fifty split. Because if you look at like all the boards, a lot of people didn't like it, or they thought it went too long. Really, I it was long, but I, I liked, liked it. it. Yeah, I liked. It. I mean, I thought that it's this show earns the ability to do kind of odd things like that. Mm. It was like twenty minutes of a but sitcom, I think, but but there's something to be said about the formula of a sitcom, the formula and the mundane and the and similar to Too Many Cooks, which was part of why I chose that as the entrance music because. It, there's something to it. There's something to the mundane and like the repetitiveness and that absurdity is kind of about how you get stuck in your thing until you realize that you're you have all the options, but by that point the construct is destroyed. Yeah, well the word absurdity yeah. just in and mm-hmm. of itself. It's about the absurdity. I don't know. I think that a show like this can earn it, and I think they did. Yes. I liked it. No, I liked it, it. it was needed. It was to break it up because the and like you said, the absurdity mm-hmm. of it all. When we were being told what we were being told with the laugh track, that's what had me floored. Yeah. You, 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 yeah. Everything you see that happens, and you're like, it's being told in this way. And a lot of people, it, it's just a commentary on our society of the yeah. things that are going on. This is happening to you, but we're going to tell it you in such a way. I read a comment where someone said, you see this kind of stuff like on CNN, where you see tragedies that are, yeah. you have all the special effects, the, the, the lower third ticker, and you have all this stuff going on, these distractions, and yeah. you forget what's really happening. And it's it's kind of creepy. It's kind of yeah. because you see, um, yeah. It doesn't matter what's happening with a laugh, with a laugh track. You're well, like you feel that sort of like mirror but, neuron. Like you want to laugh track, too. But with a, there are a couple other devices at play there that helped us move along. Like this was some deep. Like she put out a cigarette on her daughter's arm and exactly. then punched her yeah. in the face twice. And it got laughs. Yeah, it got laughs <laughs> because of a laugh track. Yeah. But I think the fact that you put all the characters in a car and you start you start the episode that they're all in a car headed to a place mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that that like that's a common trope because if they're all in a car headed to a place you're subconsciously already like well that's like vacation like you kind of already can beat that out in your head of like well they're gonna get it they're gonna stop somewhere yeah they're gonna get back in the car and then they're gonna get stopped again and then they're eventually gonna get to the place it's also goal oriented yeah like yeah. it's very goal oriented that, that they follow the traditional three-camera sitcom structure so much to a T, the, the laugh track was just part of the language. Yeah. And we just accepted it. Or at least I accepted it 
midway through where I was like, nope, this is the 19 minute ver- 19 minute sitcom version as of soon this show. As, as soon as I saw the opening, that it was obviously like going to be like that, that I was like, this is going to be, I, I, I originally thought it was going to be the whole episode. I originally thought I, it was going to be the entirety of the episode. Well, the only reason I was watching it live, and to be fair, I don't think I've ever watched this show live really? before. But Sam Esmail tweeted it, and then a couple other people after Sam Esmail tweeted it, the people who obviously get access to the episode before it was live, a bunch of them mentioned, like, this episode is worth watching live for the first 19 minutes alone. Mm-hmm. And being a nerd about TV, I am. 19 is a very particular... 19 minutes is an incredibly yeah. particular number. Yeah. Then I was like, I You're like what's so going that on? once once so I saw that cold, once I yeah. saw that cold open, I was like, oh, this is going to be a complete TV half, yeah, of this TV show, complete with commercial breaks. It was an actual 1990 Bud Light commercial. It was great, yes. yeah, it's fantastic, and, and I'm sure you're you, you were happy seeing the suits. The Suits commercial. The Suits commercial. But it wasn't even in the regular block. Like no. we had, we transitioned out, and then we were on a regular commercial break, and we then we get the Suits commercial. You know the funny thing about this whole commentary, and we're breaking this down. Of course, everyone's like, get into the meat of everything that's going on. And of course, guys, send us your comments. I'm watching our chat roll. We have a live chat roll, and let us know what you think. And I'll chime. I'll sprinkle it along, and you know, to add to our conversation. But yeah, what do. I wanted to say is, on top of this, was this is all of. Elliot's true view because this is his subconscious talking, yeah. right? So yeah. he's usually cluing us in. He's giving us the narration, the mm-hmm. yeah. unreliable narrator that he is. But he was giving us his subconscious, so this is how he really feels. Yeah. So this is how he feels about his well, mom. It's also how his brain chose to escape. Correct. Know, how Correct. his whole psyche chose to remove his, I guess, consciousness from what was actually happening to him. And then we get little glimpses of it, like in the Game Boy mm-hmm. and in the side view mirror. That's of what's really cool. actually happening. And it makes sure. you go like, oh, what's going on? But I... On the grand scheme of them choosing this stylistically, it's how I think it's I think, how he would have escaped as a kid yeah, in the nineties. That w- yeah. That's how a lot of us would have escaped. Yeah. And then there's also something to be said about how familiar that can be. Sure. Of like my life's okay if I can just fit it into that box. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I think, oh, Alf, Alf was there, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Alf showed up. That's I'm speechless about the Alf part, honestly. Mm. That that was the best. And the funny thing is, they reached out to the people behind Alf, and they're huge fans of the show. So mm. when they asked him to be a part of it, they said, "Absolutely, mm. that's great." You I know? feel like that's anyone at this point. Like, yeah, well, it was, it's just so. Alf. <laughs> yeah, like we're we're in that trajectory with Mr. Robot that, like, I'm pretty sure whoever they ask will, will come running. In this case, Alf. In this case, it's and good Alf. for him. It's good good for, for everybody. Alf. Yeah. <laughs> so, what do we get out of that whole? This whole uh, outside of the sitcom element. What is? What did it tell us? With let's say we have Tyrell. We have. Okay, so well, presumably um, Tyrell. They didn't say. We're, but, we're pretty sure that's Tyrell. Also, sure, a couple but, things I want to point out. People are mentioning that this is the first vision of. This is the first time we've seen Tyrell in this season. That's not entirely true. We saw him in a similar vision. He was at that table in episode three. He was at mm. that table when, when Elliot dreams. Might have been four? No, three. When Elliot dreams, he's I, sitting in I don't in remember a, this. Oh, yes, he's at the dinner table. He's, he's at, at that the dinner table the, with everybody. Yes. The, the, the apostles. Of his the, perfect... Yes. The perfect, of, yeah. Of gotcha, his yes. perfect world. Yes, he was. Elliot yes. was there, or Tyrell was there, so mm-hmm. we... Under the same context, because neither of which were the reality. Yeah. You know what? This, though, I think is going to be... I just have yeah. a feeling that this is much more of a metaphor of what's going on with Tyrell. I don't I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I should save it for predictions. Mm-hmm. But I think that 
everything that was happening in, in the car ride just in general was some sort of symbol for what was actually going on. You know what I mean? Like the distractions, like mm-hmm. Darlene with her head down, Elliot trying to like trying to figure out what's going on, and his dad trying to like monopolize his attention. It would make sense to me if the glimpses that we got of people were actually more uh, metaphors for what's actually happening. But again, if this is all in Elliot's head, maybe it's just what Elliot perceives always is happening. Well, because Elliot talks to us, so yeah, yeah. there's already a relationship there of kind of mistrust in what he's telling us. Or sure, this season for per- sure. And there's well, also he, does, and, he started the season by saying he doesn't trust us. Yeah, and, but not to mention even if he trusted us and told us an unfiltered version of what how he sees things, your brain filters everything. Yeah, your eyes aren't raw video cameras. Your mm-hmm. eyes filter things through the brain. Mm-hmm. So Elliot, everyone has their own perception and their own skew on the world. Elliot's is very particular, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> My, you know, one big takeaway in this whole first act was. When he met up with Angela and Mr. Robot pulled him, you know, pulled him away, and he said, mm-hmm. "She's not one of us." Yeah, that, I found yeah. that very poignant. So I'm like, because usually, yeah. why would they say that? Why would they well, say why, that? And why would his, I guess, part of his subconscious think that yes. of her? Unless I still, I still, I. It's a weird thing because it is his subconscious, mm-hmm. yet. Somehow, a lot of times, Mr. Robot uh, knows stuff that Elliot doesn't know. But you know what I mean? A lot of times, it's him telling him new information. But that new information for us. Sure, and sure, technically, sure. Elliot of the present, because Mr. Robot is Elliot. Right. So sometimes Mr. Robot acts as Elliot. Right. Meaning... So I guess what you're saying is, like, he, his subconscious in this... His subcon Like... It, he, if Mr. Robot is him, and Mr. Mm. Robot is complete fractured of his real, a complete fracture of his reality... There are things that Mr. Robot knows that Elliot doesn't know, but they ultimately both—they're both—they're ultimately a collective I see consciousness. What you're saying. Yeah, but the fact that he said in his subconscious that she's not one of us. Yeah. Oh no, that means he has kind of written her off for what she's doing. Yeah. Hmm. For what she's doing over at E Corp. Or uh, Mr. Robot knows more than Elliot does about her. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like maybe the Mr. Robot persona. Because, I mean, imagine that you have these two halves of your brain or consciousness mm. or whatever. If one of them is taking over in a certain situation, as is, is happening right now uh, for these first 19 minutes, then maybe they do actually have to communicate as personalities to transfer information. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, maybe Elliot doesn't ever know something that Mr. Robot experienced and vice versa until they interact as personalities and that's what we saw maybe huh. you know what i'm saying no like, i agree I, I could see i think it's coming to terms that's that's been the whole plight of this season of yeah. him um i guess merging with mr robot working together it's going to be a thing because that's them yeah. like yeah. this episode it's, made it crystal clear yeah. yeah he i am you you are me mm-hmm. we are everything i just think it's so interesting that we as an audience get to learn pieces of information because these two fractured parts of a mm-hmm. character's psyche have to talk to each other. Yeah. It's genius. Yeah. And it's also, <laughs> really but like the it. thread of duality is throughout this entire series, and yeah. especially this season, mm-hmm. that there's duality in everyone. That I think you could argue that White Rose and Price are duality of each other. Um, like, everyone's... everyone's well, White Rose and him or herself is... Yeah, the yeah. White Rose and him or herself is its own duality, its own but duality. I want to say Price... I want to say... I'm not there. We're not mm. there yet. But I want to say, like every character, if you really broke it down, has yeah a dual. Like has I almost think an Price, opposite... and, Price and F Society, maybe. You know what I mean? 
establishment and anarchical movers and shakers. You know what I'm saying? Maybe. Like we need to know more about price. I feel like our society's kind of a pawn, but we will definitely mm, get there. Sure. All I'm saying is... Price, and, price might be a pawn, though. I wouldn't be surprised if price was um I think he's starting to pawn. feel that way. Yeah, and yeah. we're going to get to I think, yeah. Um, before we jump into other things, do we have anything else before we leave sitcom land? Because no. I feel like we could talk the whole episode just about sitcom land and Alf, Alf and Elliot guy or, in the trunk. and um, Gideon and guy in the trunk who's clearly Tyrell. Yeah. Um, Darlene being knocked unconscious. I wonder what that's. I think it's symbolic for. <laughs> I think it's symbolic of very clear parental abuse from the mother to Darlene. Sure, mm-hmm. and that, there were clues of it for a long time. That this kind of confirms it, at least to me, because mm-hmm. Elliot's psyche knows it. Right. Yeah, I think that's. Yeah. I think that's what that means that for Darlene's us. Darlene's um, still suffering. From what it. do we think about Gideon being the cop? Like, where does that? That's the. That was odd because he's not. You know, he was. Hmm. No, other than it being a familiar face, like is there meaning in Gideon being a cop and then Alf running him over? Beyond, because he was the one that. Well, if we backtrack to episode one, he was the one that was in contact with the FBI and he was about to give up Elliot. Yeah, and he never did because somehow he was killed. Ooh, so, yeah. so I, I think it does boil down to Elliot. So it's guilt. like he's almost going to be in trouble because of him, and mm-hmm. then some random person removes Gideon from the situation. Like in this case, Alf. It's Alf. Yeah. Great, and then Elliot is <laughs> Elliot is incredibly guilty. Elliot is incredibly guilty about Gideon's death. He feels responsible. Yeah, uh, I, th- I think yeah, but I don't know if I get that from the sitcom. But of course he does. But for, from the Gideon dying in the sitcom, um, it seems like it seemed less Elliot's fault in the sitcom than it does in yes. in the show at large. But yeah, still maybe you know if he hadn't have been there to get pulled over, maybe Gideon um, would still be alive. Also, real quick. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it, but there's still a lot of theories floating around that he's still in a mental institution, and sure. this is all in Elliot's head. Mm-hmm. Can that not, please? Can we not? That seems it's, less and less likely. Every it week. has to be, yeah. and I will go back to the first episode. Sorry about that, Taylor. No, no, fine. When he met up with with Gideon, uh-huh. when he came in in that meeting with Gideon, when he shut the door, that was not a house door. He sh- he closed. Yeah, it's the same exact sound that it made when um. When he was in the hospital, when they came to the hospital right in the scene yesterday. Yeah. When the, when the door shut, when, um, was it Lone Star that walked out? When you hear the door slam, it makes the same exact sound it made when Gideon came in for the meeting. Exact same I, sound. I, I'm on board with this theory that he's in, in an institution of some, po- of some sort still. Okay, because okay here's then the I'm thing. alone one. The, well, the, it's, it's like, to me, it's like the, the sitcom thing was his psyche's way of removing him from getting beaten, right? Mm-hmm. But he, that wouldn't, when he comes to, he wouldn't all of a sudden not be in the institution anymore if he was in the first place. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So to but, explore that, but to explore that theory, that means that Ray not only runs a creepy website, he also runs an insane asylum or maybe, some maybe, type of hospital. I, I think it's some sort of institution. Elliot. I don't necessarily think it's, I mean, yeah. it could be a criminal institution. You know what I'm saying? But I think he's captive. Is, I, I think... But I think that's part of what they implied from episode one of this season mm-hmm. was that he made himself captive. Well, yeah. let's add to what Taylor just said. His password to his computer was caretaker. Raise. Mm. All right. I think. Oof. Oh, mic drop. I mean. <laughs> I mean guys, who, no, 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 no. Who I'm knows? Just, who knows? But still, I still think that he's there's something weird going on because we're still seeing the same people, the same sorts of rooms, except now he's not having any, uh, any interaction with his friends, with Leon. You know what I mean? So like, I think he's Leon's arc was done when he finished the Seinfeld story. Yeah. Mm. Mm. I... It's deep. All right. <laughs> 
We'll we'll circle back to that with predictions. We want you, don't, to, you don't seem to like this, I this do theory. Not too like much. this theory at all. It's I wouldn't be surprised easy. if if, uh, if the whole season was was that. You know, if I'd feel terrible if that was actually. But but I mean, but like I I don't imagine that they're not going to do it well or do it classily. You know, I have a feeling it's not going to be like this cheap. I think the fear is that it's some sort of weird cheap payoff where it's like none of this was real. But I think it's well, no, it's I, real. I will preface it where this is the this case is the actual case. That it would be done so masterfully that we'd be like, duh. Yeah, that's yeah. kind of how kinda I'm kind like of re- counting on Kind of like the season one reveal, but I'm, I don't feel so. We'll we'll move on. Yeah, sure. Um, talking about duality, I want to say that Angela and Darlene are each other's duality in this you know in this universe, and they hinted at it a lot the mm-hmm. end of last season with the uh, Black Swan, where one's wearing white, one's wearing right. black. They were playing yeah. Black Swan. Like I think they kind of made that pretty clear. Angela, Darlene, and all the society are working together to. Um, set up they're pretty much trying to teach Angela how to write code so she can get onto the part of the floor where the FBI are yeah. to infect their server and well, ultimately it's, it's hack the terminal, FBI terminal commands yeah. can I ask you what year this is taking place in um that's a good question I thought it was supposed to be 2015 I tweeted about this because when she was when on the TV hmm. on the TV they were talking about the White House prepares for 4th of July which means we're in the July after 5-9. Actually, we don't have any... We're in a July after 5-9. It would likely yeah. be the July after May 9th, because everything seemed very Yeah, this is very like t- tons of time. The reason I'm asking this is because last week we saw with Ollie in the meeting, uh, Prop 8 had just... I mean, it yeah. was a Prop 8 mm, celebration. Yeah, that was in 2015, wasn't it? Dimitri well, uh, Vinciov in the chat. It. Sorry if I mispronounced that. He said 2015. It was on a computer. Fantastic, sure. Dimitri. Because we also see Obama. Uh, yeah, in, meaning in this stuff, was yeah. roughly the first week in July of 2015. Cool. But this because 5-9-15 was the hack. I got mm. something here for you. Please. If it's 2015, by the dates on their computer, when they're teaching her the hack, if there's a discrepancy in the date. It would mm. mean it was 2014. If you look at the screen, it actually, I think I have it in, in the notes, it's off by one day. When, she, when they're teaching Angela to code. Okay. When they're teaching Angela to hack, yeah, supposedly. Yeah. And just type some letters. It said, I believe it was, gosh, I want to say either Wednesday, but it was off by one day, making it 2014, not 2015. The reason I'm always bring, I'm bringing this yeah. up to a point is because there's a discrepancy in the year. Sure. So this this talk about with timelines, alternate realities, so, you know, something you've been touching upon the last few weeks. Yeah. Mm. So giving you a little support in that sense, because Esmail is attention to detail second to none. So why would the dates be wrong? Because I know, I was asking yeah, no, for a reason, because right. it was supposed to be 2015, mm. but if you look at they they show this computer twice and the date is wrong twice. Angela was prepping at five fifty in the morning on a Wednesday and it was off by one day. And the next day when the ha- when the drop the Fento cell drop went down, it was still off by a day on the computer screen on Darlene's computer. You mean like by I mean, uh, by by the the digit of the years the on, last on year. her screen? You're on saying her... it was 2014 instead of 2015? No, no, it said it, the date was wrong because I went into the calendar uh. and I said this doesn't match up. He's oh, at the JC date Rubio and the date. on Twitter and he's gonna have screen caps. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, We're I, gonna need screen caps, I, but I know I agree. Yeah. I agree they won't That's be that hard to come by. Yeah, um, that is incredibly interesting because that would give more credence to the theory of um, I don't want to say a multiverse, but of the reality not being well, like, it could the also be you know they are running it could just be that the Cali OS is off that's or the, something you know what I mean it could be that just like you know you can change your MacBooks that was my date. only way out but of thinking, that's kind of a lame why right. even do it if it's just that the unless settings that's were bigger weird. later 
Yeah. They did it for a reason because they did it twice. So, I'll just jump around a little. What do we think they put in Cisco's finger? Nothing. Oh, I think it was just a needle. Me too. It's a needle. It's just yeah. it's a form of torture. Yeah, like that's it the needle itself brutal. is just the immense pain. <laughs> okay. would Wouldn't y'all be, be screaming your heads off? Yeah. Like, I, I, he took it like a chance because it's I, going into the bone, right? Like yeah. it's mm. it's, it's like, a form of torture. They, I, they they use it exactly for torture. And the fact that he because you have so many nerve endings here, so when that needle goes in, oh yeah, you're gonna excuse me, you're gonna cry like a little bitch. But I feel like if uh, intense pain like that, your body reacts differently than you think it would. Like the shock would actually set in, and you're just Mm. because some of the more intense pain in my life, I've never actually screamed as much as I've just reacted internally. But some people are just internal reactors. Yeah, everyone responds differently to trauma. I think, but I would, I would have been very unhappy for long after that scene you know going you know, how do you even how would you go about getting that out would you just yeah. like bite it out like what would you do because you see him show up to that scene afterwards with angela and he's got it bandaged up yeah. and he bites his a little bit i mean it's, but it's like you would have to go to the hospital and they'd have to yeah tweeze, they'd have to tweeze it out and it would probably be, oh my god it would, it would probably worse. be just be like, as painful coming out just take it at the wrist just <laughs> <laughs> give up your whole hand for one finger i don't know what? man that's gonna hurt too bad you know I would have them numb me, though, for sure. Numb all of, just the whole arm, yeah. and do what you, you need to do, but just, I don't want to feel any of it. Can you just numb your finger? Never mind. Hey, you, could, you could, but, like, I wouldn't want to take any chances. I would say, like, do it up here. Because you know how, like, sometimes, I don't know if you guys do this, but, like, it'll itch, like, my, the back of my hand will itch, and you have to scratch, like, your forearm or something weird. That's a bad example, but, like, yeah. it doesn't itch in the right spot. You know what I mean? I feel like that's something that just so many nerves are firing that I'm going to feel the whole thing. Yeah. I just, right at the shoulder, just numb the left side of my body <laughs> and get the needle out. <laughs> Wrap me up. Send me home, Doc. I wanted to ask something more important about that whole scene. What, what, did, Dark, what did the Dark Army do to that femtocell? That's the, that's uh, the that's big question. question. That's a big uh, question. What, what did, uh, are they, are they, did they modify it in such a way that if society takes a fall for something coming up here, because now we, I don't want. I think it's a matter of control. They yeah. modified it in such a way that they can control the hack. Yeah, because I monitor think, it or or get access to FBI stuff on top of. Because I think doing. White Rose, who controls F or sorry, White Rose, who controls Dark Army, mm-hmm. is pretty much pulling all these strings. If and society think, seems very much under the control of Dark Army right now. Very much, yeah. Yeah. so much so that Dark Army has them thinking. Dark Army, through their own social engineering, has F Society thinking that the FBI has them. Mm-hmm. Where the only person who's even vaguely aware of F Society is Dom. And right. Dom's nowhere near it. Mm-hmm. Also, I want to say Angela... They do, they do have Angela, I think, right? Is that... Because, because they have that she put the CD into the all safe stuff? So, like, Angela is... They don't have that yet. Legitimately a risk? No? Okay. You well, mean FBI? No, FBI doesn't have that. No, not yet. Well, because yeah. um, we'll talk about the Angela stuff, but to get into Dom, but to get into Dom, I think it's made clear that Dark Army went after the FBI last week, specifically said they'd back off investigating sure. the Dark Army. Sure, yeah. Meaning that meaning that Dom would have to back off investigating F Society or ramp up investigating F Society, but understanding that they work together on the Five Nine hack, because F Society claimed responsibility for the Five Nine hack. And then Tyrell, Tyrell, Tyrell Wellick became the straw man, mm-hmm. meaning that the people actually responsible aren't being looked at, except for Angela, but 
the end of this episode. I did enjoy the scene with An- the shot with Angela at the terminal was all one take. Uh, in the bathroom or right the terminal when she went into the stall or the terminal. No, I don't remember. Never mind. <laughs> no, I'm <laughs> pretty sure. Make sure to give us no, five you're... stars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Two, <laughs> let us know what you think, guys. Mr. Robot, doing a little, little commercial break, but let's. Um, uh, Aeon into... Killer, A1 Killer. Just check the video. The date in, on Angela's machine was Wednesday, July second, twenty fifteen. Yeah, but that's which... not the date. Oh, you're saying that July second, twenty fifteen, was not a, a Thursday. Wednesday. It was a Thursday, uh-huh. and they're claiming it's a Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Check your calendars. Um, let's sit in dead silence while I check <laughs> let's calendar. Let us read off some of your more uh, other comments. Let's see. Dimitri says, I think the Dark Army is going to destroy F Society. Yeah, I agree. And let's see. Oh, they're still talking about the needle. They're oh, they're talking a lot about that Man, needle. That needle, is, needle. that needle needs to be talked about because that is excruciating. Art that that was that was a harder scene for me to watch than um, Elliot eating the uh, Adderall out of his own vomit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like the needle thing. I don't the know. The needle thing kind of got to me. Oh, it's like I have bones there. Like you can't. Ugh. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, uh, anyway. 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 But you're, you guys are off. It's confirmed. <laughs> July 2nd, 2015 was a Thursday. Oh, it was a Thursday? It was awesome. A Thursday. And so, it's listed as Wednesday on this episode. So there's something to dig into. Very interesting. <laughs> yeah. It's the Mandela. I, I hope it's not just like the OS is off a day. No. These things happen. Like, yeah. I'd be really upset. I don't if, think it is that. I just... I'd be really upset if this was a mistake. Yeah. Like, I'd be really, really happy if this was something they didn't get to till like, two seasons. Yeah. It's like, by the way, her OS was off one... Or, by the way... By the way, that means like six because other Because the OS was off, maybe it, like the something fails or something. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. Anything yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, Very interesting. I like the Darlene hack as well, that she pretty much had a square reader, which you can hack a square reader to do what she did, which is read any magazine. Oh, yeah, that was mm-hmm. cool. And then she had a cantenna and an E-Corp burner phone. E-Corp, it said it on there, and then they had just burner phones made by E-Corp. I just, I liked every, I liked so those, de- those details about this hack. And the fact that she looked like uh, Elizabeth uh, from uh, Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Yes. Oh, yeah. Like, that was a straight-up copy that that's clearly what they were going for. Yeah. Um, Do we want to talk about Dom? (laughs) Yeah, I think think Dom's onto something with, you know, thinking that the Dark Army was behind the shooting, obviously. I think that, yeah, I think that uh, they were just trying to push the FBI off the case, and it just seems to kind of be working. But I think she's going to go rogue. I think completely kind of go rogue and, and do what she wants to do, you know. The thing about Dawn, what I like about her is, in a sense, she's unpredictable because, in a sense, speaking of duality, mm. I think she's similar to Elliot in that sense. She's socially awkward. I don't mm. even know. She cannot have a yeah. conversation without just with the dark army, the, the the faux pas of just shouting out about the dark army. You do not do that. That yeah. is seen as impolite. Yeah. And when she was in Santiago, she has these outbursts. She has these moments with Ahmed when she was at the mm. convenience store. Mm. When he was, you know, he's losing his story. He's losing his life. She said, "Take advantage while we got you. Know, while we got a chance, give me a sandwich." And okay, she's I, a thought, little... I thought that was sweet, but I thought that was sweet in her mind. Whereas right. he, whereas he was like, "Whoa, I really just told you that like my career." No, Look at his reaction. I, I, so I, I definitely over. agree with you. I think that the 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 convenience store thing. I mean, how do you respond? You can't like you, she said, "I'm so sorry." And then like I guess I guess I'll give you a little bit more business while I can't. You know, it was like But it was this, I thought that was sweet. But, but she kinda, is very socially awkward. Yeah, but like he kind of connected with her on a personal level. Yeah. And that 
and there's a certain there's something to be said about the five nine attack that was supposed to go after the top one percent. Here's a du- here's just a working yeah. class dude who runs a bodega in New York City. He has to close up shop. Yeah. Also, there's something very subtle on the backdrop, which is bitcoins and then e coins, meaning that there's bitcoins, and I presume price is starting in his evil own... Co- his own his own digital cryptocurrency. Mm-hmm. So interesting. I want to talk about Don Morgart. I think we should just jump right into Price. Yeah. I think his grand plan... I think his grand plan is for the government... For... For the government to bail his... For the government to bail E-Corp out. Right. But they can't. And then he can use E-Corp... I had it and then I lost it. No, it's the government to bail... China to bail E-Corp out. Or China to bail the government out. They can't. Huh. The pro- the reason they that can't might, is because they of what be happened. Army's plan. But they can't. And he said it himself, um, I believe, was it the Speaker that he was speaking to, the Speaker mm-hmm. of the House, that he said you cannot do that because of the blowback of what happened the week in the episode yes. before. Because mm-hmm. of the FBI attack. There is no way you're going to have China bail you out. That's what it is. He wants he, China to bail out. You equal. can't. Mm-hmm. You can't. No, the public, the, the president couldn't take that to Congress. There's mm-hmm. no way that would happen. So then what does that mean? Does that escalate a war? Now, Underneath that, is that going to escalate some sort of war, some sort of conf- bigger conflict between us and China? It'd be super interesting. Which is possibly what White Rose wanted all along, which was his phase two to speed uh-huh. things up. Remember a few episodes yeah. ago, he wanted to speed it up. Meaning, well, because it seems like his plan was to get Price to destabilize the U.S. government so that he can then, so that China can then invest in the debt or invest in the cryptocurrency or create anarchy. Well, I think I think anarchy's pretty close. I think yeah, pretty close to hand anar- now. I guess create anarchy. Because Especially like we're watching, you know, working class citizens lose their jobs, lose their ways of life. We have people running around protesting with masks on all the time. Mm. You know, and I've been waiting to see that. I've been waiting to see more of that fallout. It seems very intimate yeah. what we've been experiencing thus far. I want to see the fallout from the common man. Mm-hmm. I want like what we saw with Ackman because yeah. it relays to. Remember we were watching the first commercial break mm-hmm. where they had that E-Corp commercial? It was the last one where they talked about in 1884 uh, and yeah. E-Corp came. Well, I, 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 I Googled 1884 financial collapses and yep. there was the panic of 1884, yeah. mm. and which was a big ripple effect, which we are feeling now. And I wonder if this is just it being played all over again mm. on today's scale. That's interesting. Because and you, they, said, they say it for a reason on the show. Yeah. You know? Well, because... Yeah, but that's also a thing a lot of world leaders do. World leaders, whether they're actual, whether they're shadow leaders or not, which is show the people anarchy, show the people destabilization, so that when you show up with stabilization, they'll do whatever you say. Tie it into the master slave. Yeah, yeah, it's the whole tie into the episode. But, I, li- I like how the uh, the E Corp commercials are starting to get seemingly like more desperate. It's more like <laughs> everything's okay. We got it. Like everything's gonna be fine. Corporate it, America. There was a Hewlett Packard commercial that was all about their cybersecurity. Yeah. That I was like, this is an all safe commercial, right? Mm. We're still doing this. We're still do- nope. All right. Not an all safe commercial. It was actually just Hewlett Packard and there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and another thing, I, I saw this one on Reddit, and it was the, talking about price. In that scene, you'll on see the on the wall. Was it the wall? I'm talking about the table. 
Oh, the the um the duality in price. Yes. that it looked almost like an ocean below him. It looked like he was drowning in the ocean. Yeah. and his even his line of dialogue, we, it's something to the effect of people people drowning in the situ- in the whole situation. Mm-hmm. But you can see him like on the glass. If you look at the table, it, it's the framing of the shot. Yeah, it shows him drowning. And for weeks, we've been asking about this. What's his vulnerability? Let's him lose his edge. The master of the universe. Finally, we start seeing the desperation. Mm-hmm. We mm-hmm. finally starting to see the chinks in the armor. Also speaking of, um, also speaking of world markets in 1884 and crashes. The poster behind him was actually a pre World War One um, map, but it was actually a really well designed map because all of the land masses were actual people who pretty much characterized the part of the world that they were representing. It was real. I. It was people. The the map was people. The map was artist renderings of people. Well, I'm at Steve Kaufman. I will tweet this picture so we know what I'm talking about. <laughs> cool. I, mean, I guess was so it was like different people worked on the map, or like the there's people imagine into the map. imagine like people drawn into what would otherwise be land masses, and That's those cool. people are like cartoonish, stereotypical figures of what that represented. So like one big part was the Hun, one big part was, or I guess it would have been Ottomans. Yeah, because it's like that old, and like one side is kind of, and they're interacting at the border, and it was really well done. Uh, It had a really long German name that I couldn't pronounce. That you'll tweet out later. Then I'll tweet out the whole screenshot. I want to see that. Nice, fun. Sounds very neat. Yes. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Dom's doing stuff. Angela's doing stuff. Um, one other quick Easter egg I briefly saw was the Joanna on the. The Joanna on the cover of a tabloid. And newspaper, yeah. And then it was, some. the headline was something to the effect of, like, crazy lady calls in the night. Because it was a picture of her from last week where she was on her phone. Oh, I missed In this. her bathrobe. Mm-hmm. In, her, in her bathrobe running outside trying to find Tyrell. Mm-hmm. Somebody snapped a photo of that and it's on the front page of stuff. Well, mm-hmm. I wonder if it was Tyrell. Mm. But see, I don't know if you guys covered this last week, and I hate to backtrack, but people, theor- Tyrell, people but are theorizing was that Elliot calling her, if meaning if Elliot is Tyrell, because that's exactly when he was be- getting his butt beat by Ray and his people. Have that's we, been floating around Reddit for like, how much yeah. has Tyrell interacted with? Yeah, no, I guess I guess it could be. I mean, because uh, it could be that Elliot's subconscious created Tyrell when Tyrell called Elliot initially. You know, and the fact that we don't ever hear Tyrell speak on the phone with Joanna. I don't think that's what it is, but... Elliot they, met they, Joanna at the end of season two. They yeah. are different. Yeah, they season End of season one, last or, episode. Sorry, end of season one, sorry. Yeah, no, what I'm saying oh, is yeah. that beginning of season two, like, the, the exposure that we've had to Tyrell outside of the visions of him have been... Uh, a phone call between Elliot and him in Elliot's psyche, okay. right? That could oh, you that mean could he, have, you mean that Elliot it, that Tyrell could exist only in his psyche starting now, right, starting right now. Not, not, and that doesn't mean that he doesn't exist elsewhere. But it could be. I guess what I'm saying is it, it could be they haven't ruled out the way that it's been written yet that mm-hmm. Elliot was on the phone with Joanna. That Elliot fair is enough. the one who sent Joanna the box. You know what I mean? It could be Mr. That's, Robot's no, doing. No, that's fair. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, it could still be Tyrell or any... Ooh, I can't wait It could be some, anyone. I can't wait for much predictions. Because yeah. you guys... I had some fun last week with predictions. Yeah. And you guys had some fun in the comments about my predictions. Cool. Um, Should we do it? Well, no, well, we, we still, still have, we have one more. We, st- we still have to talk more about Mr. Robot and Elliot after the, after the transition from a regular sitcom episode. Right. To him, Elliot now has to deal with Ray. Yeah, it's going to be... Like, he's pretty much Ray's prisoner, Ray's slave, Ray's caretaker. 
This is the part I was dis- I was disappointed. This is the only part I know we only have an hour and ten minutes of show. I wish we would have had more progression there with Elliot and Ray. Mm-hmm. Th- it seemed like they didn't move much, and this is the only part that I could yeah. kind of take a little bit away from it. That we didn't have enough time. That I know he's still his captor. He got he got thrown down where Maxine was laid. I guess mm-hmm. laid to rest. Mm. And but the interesting part about that was when Elliot thanked Mister Robot. Yeah, that yeah. was that was the that, I think that, that was, was the biggest moment in the episode Absolute, for me. You know, yeah, because it was like acceptance of your alter ego. I mean, yeah, that's like what he's yeah. been fighting since he figured out that mm-hmm. he had this alter ego. And he was we, fighting it. But then we also end on the flashback with Mister Robot and Elliot, a child Elliot in the car, explaining that um, I just bought a space, mm-hmm. and you get to name it whatever you feel when you pull up. So the presumption is that he's going to name it Mr. Robot because yeah, that, that's what he felt when he pulled up. That Elliot named it Mr. Well, we know we know that it was called Mr. Robot from the other flashback, right? Yes. Yeah. That said, it would be really, really funny if he if he called it something else and then they <laughs> named it something else, and then they try then they go back and wipe all the files on video on demand to make all, make the name of that shop whatever he said at the time hmm. and create and create a literal Mandela effect. Is that just me? I thought that would be incredible. Baron's thing. So, okay, so they like they. So you don't change the name of the show. Uh-huh. You just change the name of the computer store, which, by the way, was never spoken. So that in what we see right now, he says, "Let's call it Mister Silly Bottom," and then they sure. call it Mister Silly Bottom. In starting next week, it's Mister Silly Bottom. But if you go back, if you go back so, on Comcast I, I on that, demand really and watch cool. season season one, episode four yeah. or five, when we actually see this again. It says Mr. Silly. You're saying they should like 1984 it and like they should retcon. They should purposely retcon the name of the shop to make us all think it's like the Bernstein Bernstein Bears, Mm -hmm. Mr. Roboto, Mandela Mandela effect, Circuit City, something. I think it's cool. I don't think that was the intention of the scene. I don't. No, no, that was not the intention of the scene. But yeah, I I see what you're saying. Yeah, it was a beautiful scene. It was the complete opposite of what we started with. Because we had the sitcom yeah. and we ended with such a poignant moment in the season that gave us... This whole season, that's all it's been about is filling in the gaps. Yeah. Giving all the characters more layers. Finding out how F Society started. Giving us all of that we were asking season one. It's giving us the answers. You know, people... Mm, but still so many questions. And giving us more questions. Well, that's <laughs> those answers. That's yeah. a good story. Yeah, of course. Yeah. If every week you come back with more... More questions than answers. Yeah. With, well, if every week you leave with more questions, but you got your answers... Yeah. Oh, that's a good story. Hey, I got one from a fan. They said, what if we named it F Society? This is from Tedoros Mash. Is it Mashwa? Mashwa? Yeah, yes. Mashwa. Named it F Society. That like would be fun funny, society. too. <laughs> I would love that if they renamed yeah. it. If he named it F Society and it was this weird Mandela effect that we all have to decipher now. Oh, mm. God. I would love that. Who knows what's going to happen? And, like, that doesn't. Not seem out of the ordinary for a show that just spent the first 19 minutes completely switching genres. And yeah. thank you for that. That if they went in and just re-edited all the VOD content to just mm. be like, nope, it's F-Society now. F-Society in the Sega font. They'd mm. do that. You know they'd do that. Mm. If, if it fit their narrative, which it's kind of coming close to their narrative. They, change, they could just change the name of the show. It'd be weird. I can't It'd wait. It'd be to unprecedented. <laughs> but they have a breakdancing episode. Who knows? I can't wait. Um... <laughs> Is there are there any loose ends here? I think, I think we take open it for fans. What if fans? We have we have a few minutes left. We have a few minutes left before predictions. Uh, we'll go into predictions, and if you guys have any questions for us or anything that we may have missed or you wanted to touch up on, and let us know in the chat. Yeah. But right now we'll dive into predictions. 
And now, you're after Buzz TV predictions. Oh, we got that, got that new fill, that fill like right here. Oh, this button nice, just, yeah. just hit me right in the eye. It's a light break. <laughs> um, starting with JC, what do you got? Well, okay. Um, the way I'm seeing it is, judging by what Mr. Robot said in the beginning of the episode about Angela, I'm going to go out on a limb. I like let's all go on a limb. You guys can make fun, you know, make fun of me on the chat. I've, I've got, I've got some. Maybe my prediction might be wacky too. So Did you just... not see the limb I went out on last week? No, sure, 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 sure. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rewatch. I'm going to watch. I didn't catch predictions last week. Okay, I think. Angela's will she buckle under Dom's pressure? You know, that's if mm-hmm. Dom can have a normal conversation with her and yeah. put some pressure on her and cause her possibly to turn. She's on she's she's on their team. Mm. She's on their team. Mr. Robot said that this week. That's interesting. Yeah. Will she make a slight turn? I don't think that's over because I still think that Angela's you know, we found out a little bit more about her motivations last week, but she, I mean, you feel you put some heat on her. Remember last week, she was willing to take the plea bargain deal and you know serve a year or something. Worst case scenario, she'll mm. weigh out her options. And if this is her way out and throws F society under the bus, or maybe not, you're, you're no, saying, saying no, she's going to throw saying, Cisco under the bus, perhaps. Mm. Oh, I see. Because of his relationship with Dark Army. See, I took, I took. That's my big crazy. Yeah, no, no, I, I kind of like it. I kind of like that. I, I took um, the her recognizing Cisco and not saying it. As being leverage over F society, kind of. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I took that right, as leverage I, with Cisco. Well, uh, over Cisco for sure, but like something that she could use because she she knows what does she know? She knows that he is uh, the reason that this happened in the first place. So she knows that he's connected to the Dark Army. Is that right? Yes. So she knows. I guess maybe she doesn't. She doesn't know F Society knows his connections. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So she's choosing to let him be sort of a mole in F Society. That's what I took as the choice that she made. Is that? Am I missing something? No, but I, they, Darlene knows that Cisco's connection to Dark Dark Army. Darlene knows that, right? But Angela doesn't know that Darlene knows that, or anyone in F Society does. So okay. I took her like letting letting the moment pass with mm-hmm. Cisco and not saying anything was being like. Uh, she she has leverage over them. Like she will, she has no loyalty to F society. I guess is what I'm saying. Okay, in that she would rather see them crumble because mm. then maybe it takes the ire off of her. So that leads cre- uh, credence to what you were saying as far as like mm-hmm. she would. I totally think she would. Right now, the way that she's been this season so far, I think she totally um she totally uh go to the FBI if, if she had to. I don't think she would choose to, but I think that if, if, if she's going to be put in jeopardy by Dom, for example. Um, I'll go out on one right now. Mm. Dom, by the next three weeks, will join F Society and leave FBI. Because she'll get so fed up, and mm. actually, I think Dom's ideals are more in line with what F Society is trying to do than what the FBI is trying to do. We've mm. never seen her actually try to maintain actual order or enforce rules. Actually, her motivations of why she wants to enforce rules or order isn't very clear. I think Uh she just wants to be the best. I think she just wants to know she figured it out. So she might figure it out and then just join us. It goes so so closely with the parallel with Elliot as far Mm -hmm. as like she, like Elliot just has this need to hack people and understand them. She has a need to figure it out. Like she just has this unsatiable Mm. curiosity. I like that. Uh, My prediction, I think, might be like a longer one, but I predict... Utter anarchy. I predict conflict between the U.S. and China. And yeah, I, th- I could actually see a um, a 
reality where maybe the FBI crumbles or is Ooh, under okay. or is under severe threat where it becomes sort of and the, dark army versus F society. Actually, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. a the well, world, actually, the but, physical world. Well, only because I think right now society are pawns against the F. Um, Dark You're Army, the Dark, Dark Army, Army which Dark Army, which we know to be a hacker group mm-hmm. that is also a clandestine state organization. Yeah, they are working. White F Society are pawns in taking down the FBI. I think F Society yeah. oh, for sure. I are going to take. I think that. F Society is going to take down the FBI, uh-huh. and then I think it's going to become known that the Dark Army is China, and that. America will have no choice but to go up against China, something we've never wanted to do right, right. in our modern time. I got well, a yeah. last prediction. It's a quick one. And this is, Steve's not going to like this one. <laughs> okay. In the open, they had, a, I don't know if you guys, um, you watch all these shows, these podcasts that break down the show. There was a hacking robot, which was on USA. Yes. When Andy Greenwald was interviewing the cast, he asked each cast member to describe the season in one word. Mm-hmm. And Elliot said one word, committed. That's it. I'm done. So mine. <laughs> <laughs> That's my last mm, prediction. <laughs> I really um anyway guys, let us know mm. in the comments if that's what you think. And if it isn't, what is your theory? Thank you guys so much for joining us in the chat. Thank you guys for joining us live on yeah, thank you guys. live on the uh, YouTube post-dated live. Yes, sir. Where can they find you, buddy? Uh, everyone can find me on Twitter at Steve Kaufman. That is K-A-U-F. M-A-N-N, I do a lot of shows here at AfterBuzz TV. I tweet about them regularly. I'm also, I am also do live comedy all across Los Angeles. I tweet about that regularly. Oh, nice. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. Cool. Uh, my name is Taylor Bolt. You can find me on Twitter at TayBolt. That's B-O-L-D-T. And you can also find me on Instagram at T-Bolt. B-O-L-D-T. Nice. Well done, guys. And a last comment. Oh, someone just said, someone tweeted out actually on the chat roll saying, my... I can't even form sentences right now. We're, we're all <laughs> and I'm the same right now. So. That committed thing, that, uh, uh, that messed with my brain a little bit. Send me all your comments and your tweets. Follow me over at JCRubioTV all across the board. And we'll see you next week, guys. Yeah. 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 Right. Thanks. Thank you, friend. You're supposed to do that. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, We would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 